Woke up this morning into my car to start my day. First stop is my buyer, who six months ago walked away. When I arrived, he treats me like a commodity. Give me a speck on his inner connect, he wants price and delivery. And if we're over $20, he tells me this business we're gonna lose. He's got a singing that old, don't know value. Welcome to the Value Clarity Podcast, everybody, where we believe that everybody in your company should either be pointed at your customer or pointed at the door. Today, I am thrilled to have Nicholas Kinla, who's the CEO of Pipeliner Sales, a CRM company, but so much more. Nicholas, welcome. Oh, thank you for having me on your podcast. So tell us, you know, there's there are probably, what, five or 600 CRM on the market. Around so six hundred, yeah. Yeah. So, so what drove you to be to enter that particular fray? A uh, very good question. First of all, are to explain that are from a high perspective and from a different or eagle perspective, I would say there are six hundred CRM systems out there in the market, but you have to understand that the majority are not really CRMs. Um, are because many of them are plugins to other CRM systems like point solutions. They fall into the category, but they are not really uh, representing and can replace a real CRM. If you really look at that, when you go to midsize or bigger companies or even enterprise, there is only maybe 20 out there in the world. Why? because the complexity of CRM today is amazing. No one can afford that so easy or uh, because the programming can only be done. And I know that a lot of people don't believe that, but I can prove it. It takes up to, I would say six to eight years before you even can offer all the services what a mid-sized company is expecting. Even if you have a big programming team, it's not, it's impossible. The complexity, I'll give you a quick, ex three examples. Okay. Um, today you expect that activities are totally connected activities with uh, the different uh, email providers or suites like Office 365 or G Suite. Yep. Uh, in the calendar, everything that. So task and appointment with reoccurring task and everything, only task and appointments. And then the reporting and the dashboards to see your task, how everything is done with G Suite and with Outlook. This alone is not something that you can head off in a couple months. Impossible. Yeah? And this is only one item. There is not lead management, account management, contact management, or our opportunity management, <laughs> um, then we read on, on really complex reporting and integrations and our automation, workflow automation. So there is not so many systems. So 600 are, is correct under, under, on the big umbrella. But at the end of the day, it's just a, it's, it's not so many. Maybe a couple dozen. And so <laughs> right. The, the, the question remains, what did you think that you could add? What differentiation? What was missing that you wanted to fill? 
It was poor coincidence. I'm coming from banking compliance. Our my company are has created the biggest banking compliance solution in the world. We were market leader, and it was sold to Thomson Reuters for almost or more than half a billion dollar. And our the point was by poor coincidence. I was invited by our um, IBM International to a conference, and on this conference, our a guy, uh, a trainer was uh, talking about pipeline management and i was sitting there and after three days of really presenting his case i walked up to him and said i love your software i i i can use that in my company whereas a contract i'm signing immediately three days i know everything so where it is and he looked at me and he was totally surprised because he said there is no software ibm is not allowed to use that um, uh, because IBM has to use our uh, Tom Siebel software, Siebel, yeah, at that time. <laughs> I don't know if they use it still today. I don't know. Yeah, but the point was, he said, this is an Excel file. And as I looked at him and I can say, oh, no, <laughs> it looked really good. Pipeline management. And you were building on that on 40 years of knowledge. And he said, yeah. And I said, can I use that without knowing at that time that my journey will be beginning or in a way that I have never expected? And he said, sure. And so we started the journey. I was going back to my team and said, take a look at that. What in the world will take it us to implement this software or this idea into a real software? Yeah. Um, and there the journey starts. It was that we realized when we were investigating for one year that most salespeople around the world said at that time that has maybe changed a little bit crm sucks and i said wow if every person that we were talking said i don't like crm and you have a product then i said would you drive a car that you don't like would you use a smartphone that you don't like you would change it so why people are having that and then i realized oh that's the reason because you see there were many point solution as it's today no one has undertaken really against salesforce microsoft netsuite and all of them a different approach as we have taken why because it takes so many years nobody wanted to to do the hard work yep my experience is that most crms are implemented for the benefit of sales managers, not for the benefit of salespeople. Your thoughts? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. My thought is very easy because our, we are the most visual CRM system in the world. And what does that mean? That most visual CRM system in the world means that our visuals are is 60,000 times faster transporting the information than a text. Are not only that, 80% of people remember what they see if they have a visual. 92% of all human communication is nonverbal. It's visual, yeah? 40% of people respond better to visual information than text. And 90% of information transform, transmitted to the brain is visual. So I created the most visual CRM system in the world out of that because salespeople are visual people, the sales rep, yeah? Yep. And salespeople are people and people are visual, right? <laughs> okay. And what I always say are, you see, I have three kids and my youngest or my son are, are, I have not to convince him 
to use a smartphone. I have to convince him to get off the phone, not on the phone. Yeah. yeah. So what I say is what you love, you use. So salespeople like what you like, you use. And we created a system that is so visual and engaging that you like to use it. And then out of that, sales management get what? The data that they need. And underline it, when it gets used, right? The, the sales manager always gets the report they want. Yes. But in a system where the salespeople aren't using it, the CRM still gives you that report. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> right? And the, the problem is you're seeing the report and your biggest risk is believing what's in the report. Or, and the, the other part that we were overcoming, we created a little tool or uh, in, the, in the automatizer that we call our workflow automation, a little tool that we call the, the manual our approach, the manual automatizer. So salespeople want always to be very effective and efficient in that what they're doing on a daily basis. So they don't want to send something twice. They don't want to be reminded five times. They don't want all of that. They want to focus. They're very efficient in that. The good ones, especially, yeah, um, because they want to focus on getting their numbers in. So what we have done, we created a lot of little helpful features where the sales rep immediately gets exactly what he wants. I give you an example. We are the only tool in the world where you can visualize the pipeline. Yeah, you see the pipeline. And if you see that in the life system, it's amazing. Yeah. So let's say you see the vibe, you have your target visual on the right hand side, and you have your stages. Yeah. First of all, we give you not one visualization, we give you five different ones. Maybe you're a list guy. Maybe you're a map guy. Maybe you are not one to see the process in a horizontal way, maybe in a vertical view. Yeah. So we give you multiple views, number one. But the real power lies in you have deals and maybe one of the deals is you don't know what would happen to your numbers if you would exclude that from your target to reach. And you can exclude all the, the numbers and then you see exactly what is my target and what immediately in the same second is my commission that I'm getting out of it. That is what salespeople like. Yeah. So one of the banes of salespeople and sales manager is that monthly forecasting cycle. Yes. We all want to know what deals will really close and what's really going to happen and how can we deal with that? Not the, the en endless game playing, which is frustrating for salespeople, frustrating for sales managers, for sales leaders and for CEOs and for CEFOs who have to report earnings at the end of every quarter. Absolutely. Uh, how do we, you know, is there anything we do for that? Oh, absolutely. We have thought about that very, very deep. Uh, and what we have done is uh, we created our, our, a feature. Yeah? We called it our forecasting feature that you can have in the report engine. You can create your own forecasting and quota feature. Yeah? Nobody can do that in the way as, as we have done that. And the coolness on that is that you're not only creating your, you can, first of all, add your period of quota and forecasting. Is it monthly, is it quarterly or yearly? Number one. Number two is, uh, you can create your, uh, 
or quarter, yeah, on, on past performance. You can see immediately if you plan the quarter and then the forecast comes next. And then we have immediately seeing what is in your pipeline, the opportunities, and you can dive in, drill down the data in. If you see that, it's, it, 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 I feel it's amazing. I can, if you would have only time to see that in a live demonstration, and therefore you cannot shy away. Yeah. You cannot shy away. And I think as the whole world is, let's be honest, our, the yeah. whole world is getting totally transparent. Yeah. If we like it or not, it's a different, yeah, it's a different yeah. discussion. But yeah, what one of the things that we did at Miller Hyman that I loved and I still love and it's really important is that each stage in the sales cycle actually should also and there's some minimum actions to move a deal from each phase to the next phase, right? Absolutely. And very few people also put the minimum customer actions to move a deal through the phases because you're not just selling, the customer's buying. And so there's gotta be some action. So you can't move it from phase one to phase two unless the seller has done this and the buyer has done that. And if the buyer hasn't done that, now this is a deal in trouble. It's actually just became a low probability deal because as hard as you're selling, if the customer's not buying, this is a deal that probably doesn't belong in your forecast or at least we need to resurrect that buying process. When you move an opportunity from one stage to another and all of the stages can be customizable very yeah. easy and you have immediately a very good overview about what is happening in each of the stages, visual, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but you want to move that um, and you can create right now, we call it methodology in each step. Yeah, you can say, what should the salesperson do per stage? Yeah. yeah, in stage three, what he's doing. And you can combine that with, we call it the buyer's action and the seller's activity, because you should never move an opportunity when the buyer is not giving you indications. Absolutely. I love that. Um, We're the only is... one who are built in total sales methodology for everything in in the pipeline in, in in pipeline that is one of the major differentiation also to our competitors yeah that's a huge that, yeah that's a huge differentiation nicholas yeah i know or uh, there is so much there is so much or uh, that are uh, is amazing in that area because you see the point is what pipeline does he's uh, we are the only system in the world that combines today out of the box, you can have that with the others, Salesforce and Microsoft, you can have the others too, but we're the only system out of the box that combines the hunter and the farmer. What is that? Salesforce automation, key account management. Key account management is very different. It's, I called it typical, the farmer, yeah? Um, it's about the relationship, yeah? It's about our, the white space. It's, or, it's about all of that. So. Coming back to this, when I say, okay, what I mean by this, so when I go to account management, for instance, and I want to see in the account management, I want immediately to see what are, maybe there's a structure. Remember there is other accounts. I want to see what is the, uh, the, um, the, the subsidiary or how is yeah. that related to the org chart? I want to see maybe the products. Maybe I want to see who I'm selling to other products. All of that is really key account management and not only 
as we saw before, Salesforce automation. We're the yeah. only one right now that has combined it in one system. Nicholas, I'm going to uh, offer a challenge. Key account management, the, the way I teach account management um, is that it is not a salesperson to customer. It is a company to company relationship. How are you handling great CAM, great account management with the reality that in account management, you have way more than sales um, involved in a customer relationship? Oh, absolutely. I think first of all, we are customizing our and tailor to each company the licenses. We have a list price that's out there. It's very convenient compared to my competitors. Yep. But are, we are tailoring because we have realized there is for each company when it's bigger, are different uh, roles, and so uh, you have in 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 the roles in in the in the back end of the system, you have to create not only the units, you have to create user roles, yep. and what the what the user roles are if they're a super administrator or features, not yep. everybody needs everything, and also not the full access to everything. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, you can, yeah. and then you say, okay, this user role has less. Therefore, why they should pay the full price makes no okay. sense. Yeah. Okay. So we cover that. On, on, so, on so what I'm hearing you say uh, for people who are listening to this on audio is that you do include all those roles. Uh, you can give them less access for, to information and give them a different license price as a result. But they are on and they are able to have business conversations and record the results of those that the rest of the team is able to see. Correct. That's a flaw I've seen in a lot of CRMs that it's priced so that only a portion of the people who talk to your customers are on no, CRM. That makes no sense. That makes it, no sense. It makes no sense, but it, it sure does to the majority of the market. <laughs> yeah, we, we try to be disruptive in, in everything. You see, Ari, I, have, I, I try to disrupt the business models and I try to disrupt also the, the way how our, the administrator is working Yep. Um, and uh, I think basically, as you saw a little bit, yeah, it's very visual. It's it's very engaging. Yeah. And uh, for me, the important part is really the user, yeah. because if the user is, as I said, if he likes something, or uh, he sees a value, and when he sees a value, uh, when his life, uh, what he's doing on a daily basis, gets easier. When we make the life of a salesperson more convenient, what he's doing, then then it's clear. Yep. Now, something that a lot of methodologies do, and it's it's not incompatible with pipe with Pipeliner, but the elite salespeople will talk to the customer about the outcome the customer wants to achieve. It's, you know, it's, it's a standard part of every methodology. Uh, not what features do you want, not what KPIs are you trying to improve, but what business outcomes are you looking for that the KPIs will be our agreed on measurement, but what is the actual outcome? How many dollars? And methodologies mention that and allow you to include that, but that customer outcome that's 99% of what causes a customer to make a decision in your favor. So 
I believe that forecast accuracy goes up when a salesperson has actually had that conversation. And sure. it, um, I, I think there's a lot of room for a lot of tools, CRM especially, to incorporate that and say, you know, you've done a whole lot of selling activity. You've done demo, you've done this, you've done that, you've done that, but you still don't know what the customer outcome is. This deal's at risk until you ask those kind of questions. Absolutely. I would 100% underline that. We have in our, in our sales process, in our own sales process, one of the first important part is in the discovery call are, is it a fit? Yeah. Is it a fit on both sides? Yeah. If there is a fit, the second is the scoping. And in the scoping, it's about what do you want to get out of this? What, what do you want to achieve? Yeah. What is your business problem and what do you want to achieve? Where you want to go? And then we have regularly what we do right now. We yeah. do our, our, our business review sessions yeah. where we ask the customer, have we together reached the goal? What do you yeah. want to achieve? Yeah. Yeah, so I'm going to step you back to that scoping process of what the goal you want to achieve is. Um, we believe that customers self-inform to the point where they know what goals they want to achieve. And I contend that that's not true. Customers know a small part of what they should achieve because they aren't the experts on your product or service. There, Absolutely. Right? No, no, I, I know where you're going. Are, so what are, the, un, what are the unexpected things? How can we increase the scope of what the customer wants to accomplish? So that scoping isn't scoping the customer's expectation. It's expanding the scope to the customer, challenging their assumptions, expanding their aspirations. No, absolutely. But the point is, this is where our partners come in. Yeah, we are we are expert of our product. We are not expert of sales consultancies. Yep. Yeah, and we need people they understand our product, the consultants, because then they say, "Oh my goodness, I can do this." Because you see, I have to work on my product and implement that stuff, but I am not going into the company and change the sales approaches. Yeah, yep. that's not my. This is not my. Our my aim to go yeah. for. This is why we have partners. Great. Yeah. Very good. That's that's their job. Yeah. yeah. So now you are, um, by the time this airs, you will have announced uh, your big repositioning. Tell, tell us about, you know, what that's all about. Okay. We were thinking a lot in the last couple of years, what is going on really in, in the area of CRM and why this is going in the wrong direction a little bit. Yeah. And then I realized it not only on um, the area of the typical that our, uh, a customer is constantly are handed over to another person. So it's really hard to, to, to get a relationship going. Yeah? First, he has the SDR. The SDR is moving over to the salesperson. The salesperson moves over to the service person. The service person moves over to the support person. The support person moves over to the customer success manager. Yeah. <laughs> and at the end of the day, he has no relationship to anyone. And, and let's not forget the demo specialist, the technical sales engineer, the installer, the project uh, manager, right? Exactly. So. We said we have to change something from a mindset first, yeah, from a conceptually part, yeah, and uh, so we realized what is really happening, and also what happens with COVID, and what is happening after COVID, and then I realized, okay, my goodness, 
there is something tremendously going on. And what we need in this world is a radical change in many areas. There was a lot of business approaches in the last couple of years, 10 years, and are, it seemed to be at the beginning a winning strategy, but then at the end, nobody was winning or, or at least not the people that were using it. Take for instance, Uber. Everybody was jumping on that and some people were earning nice money, but then Uber was getting really so sophisticated in their price structure that at the end of the person who was really driving got nothing out of it. Yeah. So shared economy was gone. Yeah. And what I mean by that is nobody's really winning. And so we said, okay, why we not change our approach and say we need to win together. That's our approach. Winning together. Win together. Yeah. Both sides have to win. Yeah. That's always what I say. A really good deal. A real good deal hurts both sides a little bit. If it hurts you too much, then it's the problem that one side will try to manipulate the other side. Either way, yeah. yeah. Why? Because you feel this is not fair, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and so a good deal hurts both sides. When you can make a handshake and say, "Ah, okay, let's make this deal," it hurts me and the other guy. It hurts me too. Then you have a good relationship starting. And this yeah. is what we are going have to go back. Right now, the deals are only like. I feel the big companies right now are squeezing out the customer like a lemon, like everything. It's amazing. Yeah. It's like, uh, you have done this. Oh, a little bit more data. Oh no, you have to pay this. This is all bullshit. In my opinion, we will not. And after COVID, we have learned yeah. one thing. All right. This world is very small. Yeah. It can, it can travel very fast. Not only the virus, everything. So yeah. if we not change our mindset, what, what we, left behind for our kids what kind of mindset only the strongest that punch hard will win come yeah. on yeah i uh i have a friend who was a vice president of sales for a company and at the beginning of covid they were a payment processing company and some big amusement right amusement parks were clients and they of course their income dried up Sure. The world was going into lockdown. And this company said, you know, just pay your monthly bill or we're going to shut you off. We're going to disable your, your software 100%. How, how, do you, how do you come back to those people in the future saying, yeah, we want a win-win relationship? Absolutely. Um, no, yeah. no it's, okay. it's, 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 it's all about that. Uh, and it's, it's, it's going further, in my opinion. It's, it's about... We need each other because you see, first of all, in a network community, and we live in a network society, the information travels very fast, as yeah. we know. Yeah. And it's not like that you can hide away and move to another city and nobody knows you there and you start your business. No, this is over. So everything is transparent around the globe, yeah? around everywhere. Uh, and you wouldn't believe how fast this information is going sometimes. Yeah. So, you know, so that means I always say the currency of the future is recommendation. That's a currency. Yeah. And, 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 and therefore it's so important how you behave, yeah. how you interact, 
how you speak. That doesn't mean you cannot show also negative emotion. Oh no, that's, but you don't thrive on that. You can be frustrated sometimes about customers or the customer can be frustrated about some, let's say some supporter is not doing a, a, a super yeah. job. That all can happen, but then oh, how yeah. you react, how you react. It's not like flying yeah. with some airlines in the US where you sometimes feel you are dragged out of the airplane. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So the, the new, the, your new positioning, your new rep, uh, repurposing is making sure that you're structured. And I love the account management idea of, of phased and, and tapered involvement, but engaging everybody in the relation who's actually in the relationship to actually contribute to the relationship. I think that's huge. Yes, and not only that, or yes, this is that, winning together, what we mean by that, or whether it's in internal teams or customers, we believe that everyone can win together. And technology, technology, what we are, should be a facilitator for collab collaboration and partnership. Yeah, That's one I, thing. Yeah, I, and, use, I, I use terms like co-create value. Um, one of the, my, my, my book, Radical Value, one of the working titles while I was writing it was the multiplier principle. Uh, if you add value to your customer, they will multiply freely and willingly, multiply value back to you. Yeah, so uh, I, have, I have three points on the positioning, yeah? The one is our, this winning together, yeah? First, we have a holistic approach. At Pipeliner, we look at your business needs and requirements from different angles because everything is today interconnected and give you perspective on that. So holistic, we have to look why? Because with automation, the process of the data runs to that, yeah. number one, yeah? Secondly, we believe technology and people are working together because only technology makes your work more efficient but transparent. And so it needs integration of the human aspect. I believe the human gets higher. It's important that it's not technology replacing. No, it's it's a combination of both. Yep. And, and certainly we believe that everything is about a commitment from our side, a conviction for education. We believe to continuous educate people in the future. And we do that in multiple ways because we believe not in or, we believe in and. Learning from the best and building the future. Yep. Efficiency and enjoyment. Process driven and flexibility. Engaging and practical. Simple and powerful. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, I heard somebody call, uh, call it the tyranny of the word or. <laughs> if you believe in the word or, you've already, you're allowing the word or to have a tyrannical effect on your life. Yeah. Um, and we have to think and. How, and. Do, we make, how do we make and? Yeah. Uh, and, 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 and bringing and, like what you have in your, in your podcast is adding value. Yep. It's adding. Yeah. It's not or. Yeah. Yep. Well, Nicholas, uh, what a great conversation. I really appreciate it. How can people get a hold of you if they want to learn more? Well, just go to pipelinersales.com or salespop.net, our, our two platforms that we are out there. And I think our, you can our search everywhere about Pipeliner CRM. Great. Thank you. You want to say that again? The, the woodpecker that's pecking on the side of my house just made a whole bunch of noise. <laughs> 
Uh, okay, uh, please go to pipelinersales.com uh, and you will find a lot of information or salespop.net. Great, thank you. Thanks everybody for joining us on the Value Clarity Podcast, where we believe that value is something that only exists in your customer's mind, which means that sales and marketing are a lot more like brain surgery than you might have originally thought. Thanks and have a high value day. Well, it ain't easy, cause value's in your buyer's brain. If you're selling on only your features, you're gonna drive over you insane. And if you ignore your customer's outcomes, you're bound to be paying your dues Cause you'll be singing those old Don't know value blue This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network For more top business podcasts Visit c-suiteradio.com